Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello, Hello nurse. Nice saline kit. <laughs> My favorite cracker is saline. <laughs> saline. Saline's. This is your weightless Dr. Tar. This is Comrade Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Tovarish Gadfly. This is I Will Eat Your Borscht, Dr. Head. <laughs> and this is Bwong the Red Fez. <laughs> and you are listening to... Completely unrehearsed. (laughs) Comrades, yes, indeed. This is your uh, uh, amiable host, Professor Feather. Coming at you today, we're going to be talking about a... uh, Kind of an odd movie. This movie was made in 1936 in the Soviet Union. And it's called Cosmic Journey. Oh, the punch man. Yes, the one-liners. Here we go. I'll start it off. You can't beat my animation, comrade. Uh, midnight gadfly. Uh, a bunch of Russians, including a child, fly into Pee Wee's Playhouse and they jump around, and it's so much fun. Oh, Doctor Head. Chernobyl, Chernobyl, Dostadanya animation, Chernobyl. <laughs> Doctor Tar. Your vodka rocket ship fuel was brilliant! Red Fez. (laughs) Yes, comrades. Soviets in old school space! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is, is like I said, a pretty odd movie. Um, Its original title is uh, Komischeskevsky Reis Fantastischeskaya Novella which was uh, said the novel of uh, a fantastic journey or voyage. Um, This is a really good, good movie uh, shot in black and white and in, uh, in glorious silence. It's a silent movie, although it was Soviet vision, 1936. Um, And yeah, and it is definitely a uh, kind of a propaganda movie. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, The movie was, um, I, in 1936, I have no idea where this movie was released. You know, like, did, did anybody in the United States see this movie in 1936? I highly doubt it. Um, I don't know the history of the movie. I only recently discovered it through another horror host. 
and thought, well, this is a great movie. So I watched it again and thought, this is a good movie to talk about. So I'm going to pass it on. Um, I'm not going to say much about the movie. The movie is about this scientist that um, they, they, they have a kind of a um, – it's a space program, and uh, they're going to go to the moon. Um, but there's some conflict um, and uh, mayhem ensues. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but they do get it. They do make it to the moon. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, the movie, this movie has some, for 1936, it's got some great modeling, some great animation, and some, some great stunts even, you know, um, just the way that it is all put together. It has a very futuristic look. Um, I, the the uh, cinematography is just absolutely gorgeous. You know, everything about the movie I think is. Um, so I'm going to pass it on to um, Dr. Hib. What do you think about uh Cosmic Journey. I was pleasantly surprised. You know, I didn't have uh, an idea what to expect. Um, I I enjoyed the storyline. It's very similar to other types of early space exploration yeah. that we yeah. had seen. But what I was most impressed with was the stop animation, uh, stop motion animation in the very beginning, and the set design, the models. Uh, it it was gorgeous and very well used. Um, when they were, you know, getting the rocket ready, classic rocket shape, uh, you know, and then on the moon as well, these little astronauts kind of bouncing from, you know, crater to crater kind of thing. Uh, I thought that was delightful. And, and the, even the practical effects inside the spaceship when they're floating, you know, to, to counteract the <laughs> gravity, you know, uh, that, that was really, really well done. So that was a really fun part of the movie that, that I love that part of it. And it's, it's a, a good early science fiction explore the moon it seems to be a little late coming compared to the some of the films that were coming out in the states at the time but considering its origin it that's probably not too surprising but i, I thought it was fun would you uh, uh dr tar i i think it i thought it was really interesting it was i loved how they tried to be scientifically accurate through the movie you know and and uh which you know for the most part they were kind of were you know you know for what they knew about the moon and all you know considering that flash gordon was being made the same time period in the united states you know it was just yeah just it was interesting i i I really liked it uh you're right the animation part was great jumping skipping over the canyon walls and yeah just very cool uh, and it had overall, a very yeah. melodramatic plot, you know. The whole, yeah, yeah, it, it, was, yeah, yeah, is it, is it, very melodramatic. Um, not as propagandistic you know. as you would really think, you know. Mm-hmm. It's got its points in there, but uh, I think you know that's that's a whole whole other part of the making of the movie. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think they yeah, like everybody said, the animation. Fez, what do you say? Oh, okay, so. Never heard of this movie, uh, so thank you for suggesting it. And like everyone else has said, I was completely blown away uh, by just the technical work in the film, uh, the stop stop motion, which is like okay, yeah, we we've got we're going to try to show these these uh, these 
cosmonauts, I think that's what it's called, on the moon, and we've got to overcome the yeah, obvious, you know, budgetary technical hurdles, so we'll go with stop motion, which I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. I thought that was great. I mean, they, they do, they have them on wire work when they're doing an obvious close-up, small set shots, but for those large heads, I'm like, this is beautiful. It's fun to watch, and even the rocket sequence, when they're showing off the rocket at the beginning, it's, it's, well, model, right. obviously, yeah. but they've got the scale down just right. Yeah. And There's I the key loved, right there. They, I loved that they had little people on the scaffolding, and yeah. and they they were jointed. They sometimes you just see the little arm move or something yeah. like that, or yeah. they would manipulate yeah. them so it looked like they're walking on the. <laughs> you would see those in Japanese movies every once. Yeah, time. and I'm like, oh, this is so cool, so well done. Um. And again, I loved that when they're getting ready to launch, they put them in a liquid chamber, which I'm like... <laughs> the immersion chamber. I'm, yeah. I'm like, nice. I mean, that's stuff we see. We, you, if you've watched The Expanse on Amazon Prime, that's how they counter the effect of uh, high-velocity space travels. They put them in this liquid in, you know, this liquid chamber, and I'm thinking, nicely done. I mean, they, they, were, right. uh, they were obviously doing their, their research there, and I loved that they get to the moon, spacesuits are still on, um, the, you know, it's not like, oh, it's got its own atmosphere. We can have an encampment like another film that was shot before that woman in the moon by Fritz Lang, 1928, yes. something like that, where they're camping out on the moon, but they stayed in this, they stayed in their spacesuits the entire time, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to throw in a couple notes here. The jumping sequences, the stop motion those sequences are what got the film banned in the Soviet Union because Soviet censors at the time thought it was a little too joyful, naive, and it got the film pulled. But it was uh, made. <laughs> yeah, I know. But they, there's something like the, the censors thought it was too, there was something too joyful, too naive Hopeful. about the, yeah, about jumping around in space, which I thought was one of the best parts, but it, it got the film banned, and it yes, was... next, it, yeah, <laughs> send it to Siberia. Uh, so it wasn't seen on, on again until like the 1980s, right? Uh, until the right. film pops up, and about the the silent treatment, which again I didn't mind as well. Um, they shot it this way because a, theaters out in the outer territories in Russia weren't equipped for sound, so they right. could still see him. Yeah. The guy yelling from the back. <laughs> So it was a film made for every man. Exactly. And so you have to give them credit for that. They're still, they're playing to their audience and good for them. So I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I would personally would love to see a really good cut of this film. Yeah. Like somebody find a good print. Clean it all up. Clean it up, restore it. It probably is out there somewhere. Yeah. Because I I, I really would love to watch this in a good, good setting. Well, seeing this, I would like to see some of the other. You know, you've, you've seen clips mm-hmm. of uh, Russian movies and, you know, incorporated right. into other movies, American movies. But I would really like to see some of the original stuff, you know. Um, it's uh, the effects that they use in, uh, what is it, uh, Queen of Blood and all those things. I would like to find those movies yeah. and see what those are about. Because they, yeah, hey, they're going, it's that 60s design that is just... And Russian, Russian, you know, that mega, everything's huge. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a pretty brilliant movie. What do you think there, uh, Gadfly? 
Comrade category. Yeah, I was the same. I'd, I'd never even heard of it. Um, and when I'm watching it, I, I think the things that struck me were that uh, they, they kind of avoided a lot of tropes that we would see with the heroic uh, spaceman, you know. Yeah. I mean, we have an older gentleman who's, you know, the guy who's, you know, I guess produced the, the rocket or whatever. Yeah. We have a, a Santa small, Claus. Yeah, we have a kid. Uh, and we have a woman, right? I mean, so these are not at all a typical cast that you would see in this kind of thing. And I think, you know, you, you said it was banned because of, uh, you know, maybe it was too much of a, too much wonder. That was what I liked about the the movie was there was this sense of wonder with the whole thing. It wasn't this like, we are going into space. We're going to be the first. You know, that was part of it. But they were in awe of what they were doing as much as you know they were trying to say you know we're superior or any of that right. kind of stuff and, and science yeah. ruled i mean it was, it was yeah. just and it was yeah. it was more nationalistic than than uh i would say uh, propaganda propagandistic you know um which you know i thought was really cool and i like the fact that they went to the dark side of the moon right uh and they were yeah. like yeah, we're on the dark side of the moon you know um, and then talking about trying to get to the light side and him explaining we don't have enough fuel. And then they find out the fuels, you know, no, you know, there's a problem with the fuel generator, which they even foreshadowed in the film. You saw something fly across mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and hit something and they, they kind of leave it. And then you come back to it and you're like, oh, OK, yeah, we saw yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought the filmmaking um, it, and I love the fact that I'm like, how does he get that fucking beard into the spacesuit? You know, like he pulls yeah, that, he pulls yeah. that helmet off and it goes poof. <laughs> You know, it explodes out into the air. Dr. Head, yeah. we refer to you. Yes. <laughs> well, in my space exploration, yeah, you have to have a an extended flange over your throat. <laughs> my beard flange. That's right. <laughs> so if I may pick up, comrades, the Soviet censors felt the animated sequence of cosmonauts hopping across the low-gravity lunar surface was antithetical to the spirit of socialist realism. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty. That's pretty deep. Socialist they're, realism. What's the they're Russian, free. They're hopping. The they're Russian free. Expression for yes, they're free. Yeah, they, they were they're showing. Free. <laughs> yeah, they're they're away from the the uh, Soviet oppression. Or freedom, their kind of freedom. And well, that maybe that's what it was. They're and, free, they're joyous. There yeah. would be no joyful bounding and low gravity right. here. No <laughs> potato for you. And the, and the man is the one who gets trapped under the rock and has to be saved by a woman and a child. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, take that, Santa. No force for you. Now, yeah, I like the way the movie was constructed. And, uh, you yeah. know, and it, it's just interesting because... Everything obviously at that time was state produced, um, so you know that's why the budget was pretty good. You know they they were able to do what they had to do um, without any consequences. You know, mm -hmm. which is uh, pr pretty cool. Except then you get banned <laughs> because you're you're too, you too, too good a job. You do too good a job. <laughs> you did too yeah. good a job. Wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. They did yes. too good of a job because. Considering the time period, this film is shockingly realistic. I mean, yes, what yeah, it, is. Know, it is going on the moon is it's like, and, wow, holy crap. And, uh, you, I, I had to smile when you talked about the uh liquid, uh, sus the suspended animation in, in the liquid. Um, I, it, when the first time I saw that on this film, I went, holy shit, yeah, yeah. you know, because I mean, yeah. that's a science fiction 
uh, trope thing I mean, for, I mean, for a long yeah, time, yeah. you know, that's been around, you know, Didn't real know. science is starting to catch up to it. But it's interesting that it was around back in that time, you know, and that they were thinking about that. Didn't, um, uh, but there again, uh, that goes to show you the Soviet state was very much into space exploration and, you know, um, and expansion, you know, um, just as we were, you know. But they had a lot of uh, research going into it, and so this was a good, a pretty good propaganda film. Who was the um, big? Why they? Why it was on, interesting? Why wouldn't they just cut that part, you know, and release it without the parts that they they didn't like? Which I I found kind of you know uh, interesting, which could have happened. You know, there's no they had editing bays, you know, so uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. There again, it was the Soviet state, and they had their reasons. <laughs> Social, social realism, <laughs> socialist realism. Give me another shot of vodka. <laughs> yeah, what I was also looking up uh, why they use the the term comrade, right? Um, and uh, apparently, um, comrade is German, um, mm-hmm. and it was also kind of a, a translation from French and Italian during the time when they were trying to declass uh, people. So rather than saying, you know, um, monsieur or mademoiselle, those were class-oriented greetings. And um, so this was more like saying comrade, uh, which is in German is toverisch, um, is just like a fellow traveler or fellow citizen or something something that just created equal. And it was also about the the proletariat or whatever, you know, just uh, the working man and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it really kind of created this uh, D-class. But it was also used, if somebody didn't call you Tovarish or, or comrade, that was almost like saying, you're screwed. We know you're not one of us, <laughs> you know. So if they declined using that kind of uh, moniker. Comrade uh, bitch. But see, we still <laughs> you still see comrade used in movies today to denote somebody as being Russian, right? Still, like, they're doing that with movies. And apparently they don't use that in common terms. It's only used generally in the military um, and in other more formal settings uh, that do they refer to people as comrade. So it, it actually is not commonplace anymore. So what's the layman's term? In Russian. Yeah. Well, it's, it's what in I said. Russian. It was like what's the, the layman's equi- term? It's the equivalent of, like, Mr. or Mrs. or, you know, something like that. That's not necessarily <laughs> yeah, denoting a class. Potato head. <laughs> Vodka. That's my daughter. <laughs> your daughter bite? <laughs> oh, Cosmic Journey. Proof, anyway, yes. you know, 1936 Russian Soviet Union movie. Um, yeah, we'll have a link. To if the... you get a chance to see it, you can see it. It's out there. Um, interesting. And you can see it for free, which you should be able to see it for free. And you can. Yeah, well worth uh, the watch. Yeah, and it's well worth the watch. Certainly. Um, and there, if you're really into it, there are different versions out there, too. So um, interesting. Yeah, so we'll, there you have it. We'll put a link in the description uh, to the YouTube version that we watched. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I think we will. <laughs> I like John's. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, we're still on, aren't we? Still on. <laughs> yeah, I think Gadfly wanted to uh, to talk about someone that we want to 
Yeah, Don't you remember? We, yeah, we uh, we recently lost William Smith, um, not to be mistaken with Will Smith uh, of Fresh Prince of <laughs> Bel Air. Uh, William Smith is a, a, a longtime actor. I think they said his uh, six decades uh, of work. He started as a child yeah. actor um, and was in The Ghost of Frankenstein as the kid. I think that was like one of his first movies. Yes. Um, He's the one that kicked the ball up on the roof. Right, right. Um, and Bastard. I want to uh, talk about him because as a, as a TV baby of the 70s, he was, almost, he was ubiquitous uh, in almost every television show that I watched. He would show up in some way, shape, or form because uh, he was on uh, he was on the Night Stalker, he was uh, on the Six Million Dollar Man, he was on the A Team, he was on uh, um, all, I mean the Rockford Files, Ton, tons it, of biker movies, biker yeah. movies. He was yeah, yeah huge exploitation movies, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Invasion of the Bee Girls or whatever was it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and Feather. Uh, and that what movie stuff. was he in? Uh, oh yeah, you guys, you guys, the Tar and Feather classic episode. Grave of the Vampire. Grave of the Vampire. Didn't you guys yeah. refer to him Grave as Grave of the Vampire? Sorry, my mic was muted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, was, and you, you kept re- and your episode refers to him as Frankenstein, right? Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have a whole where he goes to Frankenstein goes to school. Yeah. Right. Yeah, goes to college. Yeah, Sorry, Frank Brush, big unit across back. Was a biology major? It's a good episode. So, um, and, the reason, uh, and yeah, we got to meet him at Cinema Wasteland, um, which was great. Uh, and I again and pushed like, away I, rather quickly by his daughter. Yeah, he. And the nice thing was, is he was like when we met him, he was already in it, well in his seventies, and was still yeah. just this monster of a, a dude. And as soon as you'd walk up to his table, he would stand up to shake your hand, and dude just loomed over to over you, you know. And you're you're like super a seven nice years guy, old, yeah, super nice guy. Yeah, like you could talk to him about any of those episodes. Or any of the movies he was in, and he'd just like have a story to, to come back at. Um, so it was really good. That's why I thought, you know, since he just passed away at the age of 88, you know, that's a pretty good run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his last, uh, uh, I think he kind of retired about 10 years ago, uh, where he stopped regularly doing any kind of movies uh, or television shows. Mm-hmm. Um, he had but, 274 acting credits. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, he's been around. He's right. Maniac cop. Did you read the, the story where he's supposed to have been a translator for the NS or whatever yep. CIA? Yes, for yeah. a, a Russian translator. What? Well, that's yeah. That's the other thing is he was a bodybuilder. Like his, they were talking about. He was a champion arm wrestler. Um, he was in the Air Force, <laughs> flew all these missions, and then yeah. was uh, uh, working for the CIA. He had high clearance with the CIA and the NSA. Um, and then was working on getting his doctorate in I don't know what um, yeah. when he got his his acting career really took off because he was the, like, the true Doc Savage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah really. In a lot great. of ways. The the Clint Eastwood movies, the Any Which Way movie. I think that's what, probably the first one was he name? in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Any Which Way he, You Can. That was the second Any one. Which Way You Can. That's, that's the one he was in. Yeah. yeah. Thing with two heads and. Piranha. <laughs> Love those you know. goddamn baboons. <laughs> it was Adonis in the Batman. Cookies. Yeah. Crapping all yeah. over the place. <laughs> Atlantis. <laughs> he was also yeah. in Ultimate Warrior with uh, Yul Brenner. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, nice. That's Post-apocalyptic, baby. Conan's dad. <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Yes. Of yes course that's he right. Was. Yes, yeah. he was. Oh, yeah. Be fitting that he was. <laughs> yeah, really, really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I loved him. I mean, and I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I've followed his career, you know, on television. He was he popped up, and but in movies, he just 
Whatever, however many you said there, Doctor Head. I mean, he had a good working career. Oh yeah, because yeah. he was good. He was good. He, he was. Had, a, he, had, he, had a, he had a. He had a charisma. Man, he had a certain yeah, style. There were some years he was in five different movies. You know, uh, like in the early seventies, yeah. late sixties, yeah. he was just in a ton of stuff. And like I said, as I remember a kid, some biker movie that he was in. They were like a chopper gang that was still in Vietnam, and he was like the one that oh. rode like the the three wheel chopper with the with the rocket launcher on the back, and he'd like have to pull. I never really saw that to go yeah, shoot his oh. rockets. And was oh, what just, was the name of that? that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of the title. Yeah. I'd like to see that. I don't think I've seen that movie. Oh no! Ooh. We need to watch that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That'll be. A, I'll look for that. And he had that. He had the perfect uh, Fu Man, the Manchu mustache, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Like you know, porn he, stash. Yeah. He he could pull it off though. Like you weren't going to say porn stash to him, right? No. <laughs> right. Not at all. The, he was also like on uh, what was it? Uh, an episode of Buck Rogers. That that really terrible. He was on everything. I think yeah. he probably yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I he did a big stunt on the wagon just, train, the Virginian. You know. Well, you know his. He, right? he, he pop up all over the place. Yeah, his most. The thing that made him most famous and mo- more of a household name was what rich man poor man the yes the the miniseries which um, i don't remember at all never saw it yeah, yeah. I no, I probably saw say, it. Yeah. or maybe i did i don't know it just doesn't ring a bell well that was a big thing in the 70s where all those miniseries you know you right had like right. rich man poor man you had roots um and what's the one about the richard uh, richard uh, he was the samurai guy or something in japan no gun Shogun. Shogun. Right. Oh, Shogun. Yeah. Richard Chamberlain. Richard right. Chamberlain. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But I Born Birds, that. also Richard oh, Chamberlain. Yes. I, I, forgot about, yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. North and South. That was another big epic. All, all based on books. Wasn't Richard Chamberlain in a, uh, a movie that was very um, Indiana Jones esque? Um, I think um, he was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alan Quartermain? Yeah, Alan Quartermain, like The Lost City of Gold or something like that? (laughs) Yes! Oh, that's right. I saw that in the theater. Oh, Oh, you sure? that 10 bucks. Yeah, Sharon Stone, if I remember correctly. Oh, uh, Dr. Tar, was that Nam's Angels? (laughs) (laughs) The biker movie? Nam's Angels, that's good. It could be. That could be like I've got to find that movie. That's I've never awesome. seen that movie. It's it's free on Tubi. Is it? Uh, all right. There's some other. We got to do a watch party then. We got to do there a watch go. party with that. Uh, let's see. Plot involves a gang of Hell's Angels type bikers called the Devil's Advocates involved in the Vietnam War. They're sent to the jungle on Yamaha bikes in order to rescue an American diplomat slash CIA agent, Chet Davis. Chet <laughs> Davis. <laughs> yeah, I think we oh, need to watch that. Could, that yeah. could be it. Got to oh. see it. Uh, and it looks like it also goes under the name The Losers. I think that's what I saw it as. And I think I saw it as a TV movie. Like one when, those... What year was that? 1970. Oh, okay. Mm. But he, yeah, he had the three-wheeled. Yeah, the Devil's Advocates gang also appears in the film Run, Angel, Run, and the infamous Werewolves on Wheels. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That one I've seen. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah, if you need a dependable slab of man with good acting skills <laughs> and, and some martial ability, William Smith. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't go wrong. And I would also like to point out, again, for our listening audience, 
the comic artist Russ Brown, who has recently become infatuated with the 1977 CBS TV Spider-Man, did a drawing where he pictured William Smith as Craven the Hunter, and it's effing awesome. Oh, cool. Like, God, I would... I, oh, I, yes, yes. You, you see the be, drawing... Well, he would be perfect. <laughs> yes, perfect you, see the, you see the drawing, and you're like, oh, CBS, it's what you could have done. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good. I could have been I a comic see that character. Picture. Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. William Smith. William Smith passed away on July... Mr. 5th, Smith. 2021. So stop kicking that kid's ball up on top of the roof where the monster gets mad. All right. Any last words on Cosmic Voyage, which William Smith was not in? Asphodania? Or William Smith? <laughs> nope. All right. <laughs> then I guess... Uh... Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say... Always. This is Dr. Tar. And you are listening to... Where can people find us? Hey, we're located. We're located in the internet. We're all over the internet. We have websites. We have social media. We have social media up the butt. We have email. We even have email. We are so electronic mail. We're right on. We're right on top of it all. Unsane radio at gmail.com if you would like to write to us via email. Um, we are also a proud member of the Unsane Radio Network. Ooh. We're network now. Ooh. <laughs> It'll be a different word next week. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Conglomeration. A web of intrigue. You can find We Freaks I was gonna on say. Facebook. Who's You can find Mark Fuck. Justice, Justice writer, writer on Facebook. Facebook. And Instagram. <laughs> and Instagram. There you go. You can you can find Tar and Feathers Psycho Cinema on Facebook. You can find tarandfeather.com, which is Tar and Feathers <laughs> website, which is an absolutely brilliant website. You should check it out. And um, it's off the beaten path. And it is off the beaten path. <laughs> um, the path. Best kind of path. Heavy metal horror. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hash, hash, hash Montag. Heavy metal horror. Montag Lewis on Instagram. Heavy metal horror right here on Unsane Radio. Doing very well. We've got some great guests coming up. Uh, Ralph Sheepers from Primal Fear and Gamma Ray. 
and Eric Wagner, the singer of the band called The Trouble and The Skull. I don't know if you're familiar with those guys. They're going to be on. I know. I don't know why they're coming, but they're coming. Good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. 